This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our transfer series, the Arsenal Transfer Show. You join us at 8am once again, although for many of you this may be the first time you're joining us. If it is, first of all, welcome and happy new year to all of you and welcome to the first day of the January transfer window being opened. If you are indeed new, this is a show in which I chat uh, amongst the, uh, the chat box and basically go through all of the transfer news every single day, 8am UK time, barring any work commitments. And uh, and yeah, we then have a discussion, we talk through them, we get through your questions in the chat box and uh, we're going to look forward to going through all of them across the next 31 days. And even after that, we continue on with our Arsenal news show uh, into February all the way through until June uh, when we then start the Arsenal transfer show once again for the summer window and it just carries on and carries on but good morning to everybody in the chat box I hope you're doing good I hope you're doing well good morning to Kaiser good morning to Stevie to Gonzo who joins us as a brand new member as well thank you so much Gonzo for your continued support mate really appreciate that you join a fantastic group of people who will be welcoming you in the chat box I am sure uh cooler uh good morning to you matt we've got patrick and nucrits we've got uh matt murdoch we've got jonathan uh we've got christopher martin who also joins us as a member thank you chris you're absolute legend appreciate your support and uh chatbots give these two new legends an absolute uh warm welcome to the chatbots good morning to carl good morning to murig uh good morning to henrik uh, Audrey, uh Audrey-Lay. uh good morning to paul uh, good morning to Anne, to Reese, uh, Drizzy, Brackett, Olu. We've got uh, Watatau, uh, sorry. Uh, Social, uh, we've got Rahil, we've got Sina. So many of you. Thank you so many, all of you, as always, for wishing everybody a good morning and, of course, a happy new year as well. I hope you enjoyed your evening. I hope you're not feeling too sensitive this morning. I mean, if you're tuning in for this show, either you live in the West and you're still very drunk and you haven't gone to bed yet, or 
like me in Europe, we've just woken up a little bit sensitive, but we're fine to carry on. Or you're in the East and you're well through your hangover by now. But good morning to everybody in the chat box. Let's kick off with the news, as always, by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way if you haven't done so already. There'll be plenty of coverage of the uh, Arsenal transfer January window on our channel over there. Link to the channel is in the description. We're on our way to 7,000 subscribers, so do go give that a listen more about a show that came out on there yesterday. Let's, though, kick off with our first story, which is Mikel Arteta speaking specifically about the Arsenal transfer window. He says, we are expecting some activity because there are some players and a few loans that hopefully we have to complete. But it depends. It's, as we all know, a very complicated market and it's a short window. So we will see what happens. I mean, from my perspective, I do look at this quite interestingly. We look at Mikel Arteta as a person who is always going to be very much involved with the transfer window. He and Edu have worked a lot together. They've always worked together in the sense that you think back to 2019 when Edu joined and he came into the club and he was always under the kind of the, the situation with Raul Sanyehi, uh, took over that position and worked very hard with him, to be fair to him. And so when you think about I don't know where I'm going with this one. With Raul Sanyeha, you've got a man there who... It was really frustrating from my perspective because I feel like he made a lot of mistakes at the club. A lot of mistakes at the club. He came in with Edu and Mikel Arteta and they've worked very hard to complete some deals in the summer, which was fantastic. This time around is different. This is now about taking Arsenal to that next level. Taking Arsenal to the next stage of progression, which probably isn't going to happen in January, but there's some important work that needs to be done. I think that... If we can get in, say, a big centre midfielder, a strong loan player, that could really push us towards the top four. But it's going to be something that we're going to need to focus on and hopefully they're going to focus on in the next few weeks. Anyway, let's move on to the main stories of the day. <laughs> now, this isn't necessarily a transfer line, but it's certainly a story that we're going to be covering. And it's certainly a story that we're going to be looking through uh, and hoping that it turns out to be true. He says, listen, they're not going to win the league this year. But in the next two or three years, if they can get into the top four, get a few big signings in, give them time to settle and see how the manager wants them to play. I'm going to put it out there. I think they can. To say that Arsenal can win the league right now would be crazy. But to say that Arsenal could win the league in a couple of years, I mean, it would take a lot of money being spent. It would take a lot of money to, you know, it, the idea that Arsenal can catch up with Manchester City, with Liverpool, it would take a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and to see Arsenal going for the title, to compete with how much money Man City and Liverpool and these clubs are spending, I mean, we'd have to do what we did in 2020, 2021 rather, in the summer, where we spent £150 million every single year. We could do that, but I feel like there is a smarter way to do it. I feel like Arsenal and Edu are working very hard to do it. And I think we're seeing a situation where we're going to see players join the club along these kind of young profile lines that improve the squad overall. So fingers crossed we do see that. Indeed. Let's move on, though, to the first main transfer story of the day. And a Bamiyang. Now, I was speaking with Chris Wheatley yesterday on the Arsenal way uh, and Kaya Kainak. So do go and watch that show. It was our press box show yesterday. It came out, I think, around 5 p.m. UK time. Still on the channel if you haven't already watched it. And interestingly, Chris talked to us about how a Bamiyang can be a player where we may 
have seen the last of him, which is, you know, when you really think about what Aubameyang's done for this club in the career he's had, the fact that he's going to leave in such a fashion and in such a disgraced way, I mean, from my perspective, it's it's a bit of a shame. But you can't behave the way that Aubameyang has behaved during his time at the club. You just, you just can't, especially the amount of money that we're paying him, especially considering we've given him the captaincy, all of those things combined and the way in which this has happened, it's it's disgraceful. So interestingly, what Chris talked about yesterday was the fact that a loan could be possible. However, Arsenal would have to subsidise some of the players' wages. We'll wait and see if that turns out to be the case. But it's going to be a situation that requires a club to be paying a ridiculous sum of money for a player that is a risk and for a player that is certainly someone that has his issues shall we say he's also after the african cup of nations so that's also going to be a situation uh, that, that stumbles or stops or prevents any kind of transfer from happening uh moving on to the next story though ainsley maitland niles uh ainsley maitland niles we know has been in talks with roma for some time um and interestingly michael arteta was asked yesterday about the future of ainsley maitland niles and he was actually asked specifically about kind of if if they would look to kind of bring in a replacement or whether or not his move will go ahead in the coming days. And as we can expect from Mikel Arteta, he's not very open to talking about transfers. He shut it down almost immediately. We're not going to make anything public. We're not going to talk about anything in that sense. And so, I mean, he if he moves on, we have to replace him. We have to get a replacement because you can't allow Granit Xhaka and Sambi Lukonga to be the only senior orthodox options available to the club. If we go into the games against City, Spurs, Burnley and the League Cup games against uh, Liverpool, the FA Cup game against Nottingham Forest and only uh, only Sambi Lukonga and only Granit Xhaka are the available options... It makes no sense to just have those two because if one gets injured or one tests positive, suddenly you're throwing either players that don't play in that position or you're bringing in youth players. And for every every part of Charlie Patino that I absolutely love, I do think that he still needs to, to develop a hell of a lot more before we see him playing regularly in the Premier League. And that's, that's a problem. Um, Hello, everyone in the chat box, by the way. Thank you so many of you. Still wishing everybody a happy new year. Fantastic to see all of you uh, tuning in as always. You can join us 8 a.m. every day on the channel going through the Arsenal transfer window. Let's uh, go on to our next story. Bakayo Saka, linked with a move to Liverpool. I wasn't around yesterday to cover this. A couple of people asked in the comments, what do you think about the links with Saka to Liverpool? In short, this is how I feel. Are Liverpool interested? Probably. Are Saka's representatives interested in getting him a move to Liverpool? Probably. Is Bukayo Saka interested in a move to uh, to Liverpool? Probably not, to be honest. Why would he move? Why would he need to leave Arsenal right now? In fact, if you actually look at the trajectory of both clubs, Arsenal are closing on Liverpool. 76 points across 2021, sorry. Liverpool, 77 points. We are in a position here where we can find Arsenal closing the gap. And who knows, maybe getting onto that same pedestal as Liverpool in the near future if they continue to work the way that things are going, the way in which we're signing players, the way in which we're picking up points. We can hopefully be in a position where we can compete. So why would Saka want to leave? 
There are discussions around a new contract. There are rumors of 2027 being touted as the next renewal length. Hopefully, that turns out to be the case. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Kulazewski, uh, again, Tuta Mercato claiming, uh, I believe it's Tuta Mercato claiming that uh, Arsenal have actually taken the lead now in the race for Kulazewski, which I do find a bit strange. I still can't get my head around why we would pay 30-odd million pounds to replace Nicolas Pepe. I think we can replace him either cheaply with, you know, a really exciting young talent. You could even replace him from within, maybe with a Reese Nelson. You look what's, I mean, saying the words Reese Nelson may be a bit strange, but when you consider what Mikel Arteta and the group has been able to do with Martinelli, with Saka, with Smithrow, with Erdegaard, why not bring Nelson back and use the money that you would have spent on Kulazewski on a really good striker? and a really good centre midfielder, and then have Nelson in the squad. I don't see too much of an issue with that, whereas spending £30 million on a player that's not been at the top of his game for quite some time, I do think is a bit of it, well, a little bit of a concern anyway. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Dennis Zakaria. Now, Borussia Mönchengladbach did confirm that he and Matthias Ginter would be leaving the club at the end of the season. He is a player, obviously, in midfield. We've covered him in a tactical breakdown. He's a good player. However, there are concerns. Injuries, the fact that Ranit Xhaka is able to keep him out of the uh, the Arsenal starting lineup, all of the above, everything to do with that gives me reason to be doubtful. And I think that, from my perspective anyway, if Arsenal are to go and get him, he can't be the only one in midfield that we get. He's not of the level, I think, that takes Arsenal to that next stage with a central midfielder. What I do think is that he could add significant quality and strength and depth to the midfield. And the reports are that Arsenal have supposedly been one of the first, if not the first club, to go and try and sign him, which would be great. If we can get him in for free in the summer, that's a great bit of business and it wouldn't stop us from then going and signing an even better midfielder. You could move on. You know, your Ainsley Maitland-Niles on a permanent deal. Your Elnenis can move. I mean, if you think about it, if we're moving on Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Elneny in the summer and we're replacing them with Dennis Zakaria and one other quality midfielder, that's the club moving in the right direction. That's what I want to see the club doing for the long term, is building a squad that's fully equipped to deal with all the competitions that we're going to be involved with and you would hope to be in the European competitions next season, hopefully the Champions League, if not the Europa League, either is still progression from last season. So I think this is the right kind of move that Arsenal need to be linked with. Let's go on to the next one, one that I did not expect to be talking about, to be honest, Douglas Luiz. Now, Arsenal have been supposedly linked with a move for Douglas Luiz. The Aston Villa midfielder has been of interest to Mikel Arteta, and specifically it's ESPN that have reported that Arsenal's manager Mikel Arteta is interested in signing the Aston Villa midfielder and the Gunners may need reinforcements in the middle to mark, uh, oh, middle of the mark, in middle of the mark, that makes no sense, reinforcements in the middle of the park given Ainsley Maitland-Niles appears to be on his way out. And look, I know he's a player that a lot of you like. I know he's a player that has definitely transitioned to the Premier League since returning from his loans while being a Manchester City player. And he's become a very clear part of the Aston Villa midfield. If Arsenal were able to go and get him, I think he'd be a really shrewd piece of business. But it, re it would require quite a lot of money to get it done. I don't think that you're going to go and get Douglas Luiz for your 30 millions. Aston Villa are going to be asking for a lot of money. And that could be a stumbling block for any possible deal. But 
He is a very good player. And if it is one that Arsenal can do, it would improve our midfield without a shadow of a doubt. Our penultimate story of the day is Ousmane Dembele, the French winger, the player, of course, that has been touted once as one of the greatest talents on the continent since moving to Aston, to Aston Villa, to Barcelona, has, of course, not really been able to... What's the right terminology? He's not been able to be consistent, mainly because of the silly amount of injuries that he has had to deal with during his time there, mainly hamstring problems, and that has led to issues. But Barcelona still want him to sign. Barcelona have been trying to negotiate a deal with Usman Dembele for some time. The problem is is that he wants a certain wage that the club just is not capable of paying. They're in a situation where they have to be very, very careful with how they spend their money, with where that money goes. And they've just signed Ferran Torres for 55 to 65 million euros and on a very decent wage. And without moving certain players on or restructuring the wages of their club, they're not going to be able to use Ferran Torres. So... This opens up the opportunity for clubs to come in for Usman Dembele. It looks increasingly unlikely that he will stay because the wage demands are just simply not being met at the club. I think that Usman Dembele would be a huge risk for Arsenal to pursue. Injuries, the position that he plays, I mean, does he get in over Martinelli? Does he get in over Saka right now? I'm not sure that he does. Is it worth going in for an Usman Dembele? I'm not sure that it is. If you said you were going to try and convert him to a striker, that might make some sense, but I've never really seen him play there. I'm not sure that he's the right player for Arsenal to go for, and I just think the risk associated with the deal, and when you consider the players that already are in his position and the needs that we have at striker and central midfield, do not really make this deal that sensical, if that makes sense. Um, Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Nicolo Shearer, uh, Bruno Gimaraes, uh, reportedly by Nicolo Shearer says, Arsenal are really interested in Leon midfielder Bruno Gimaraes. Edu loves him and has open talks to try and sign him. Shearer added, let's see what happens in the transfer market and all the players have a price. It's not a simple deal for Arsenal, but Edu is working and if arrives an important bid, Ulas could sell Bruno Gimaraes. This is like music to my ears. Uh, and in that sense, I need to be careful how I speak about it because you can get very easily carried away with the idea of a player as soon as you start seeing some reports linking them to Arsenal. How reliable is this information? I would take it with a pinch of salt. I have no doubt in my mind that Arsenal are really interested in Bruno Guimaraes. Arsenal have been interested in this midfielder since he was at Atletico Paranense in Brazil. And I don't think that that interest has gone away. Whether or not Arsenal can sign the player in January is another question. What I would say is that the reports from Brazil suggest that Leon would be asking for a figure of around 45 million euros. So around 32 to 35 million pounds is what it would take to bring him into the club. Would I sign him? Absolutely. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. But I'm not going to get my hopes up because I feel like I'll be disappointed if he turns out not to be the player that we go for. For me, he's my number one pick. He's brilliant defensively. He's brilliant going forwards. He's got five assists from a deep central midfield position. He's very direct in his passing. He's good on the ball. He's physical. He's positionally very good. 
He's got all the traits of a brilliant midfielder and certainly one that I think alongside Thomas Partey would be brilliant. And certainly one that in the long term, he could form an amazing partnership with uh, Sambi Lakonga. But the fact that he's got five assists from such a deep central midfield position, it shows how influential he is on the teams that he plays for. And I think that a 30 to 35 million pound move would prove to be one of the bargains of the year, if not just the window. So if it's up, if it's available, if we can do it, we absolutely should. That continues the news. Uh, we're going to be around for 10 more minutes or so answering your questions. So if you do have any questions that you'd like to answer in the chat box, then please, please do throw them in and we will do our absolute best to go through them. Let's go through them. Okay, let's go through your chat box questions. Let's scroll up and see what you guys are saying. Daniel Roberts says, uh, continue the news. Don't you mean concludes the news? I probably do, Dan. I mean, feel free to start your own channel. <laughs> you'll spend all day correcting me, Danny. I know you'll start in 2022, son. Um, Gabriel Pacheco says, happy year, happy new year from Los Angeles. Gooders, happy new year to you, mate. Happy new year to everybody in the chat box, as always. Thank you so much for everyone that's continued to support and join me. Uh, every single morning and if you're brand new to the show welcome and I hope you've had a fantastic evening and a good start to the new year as well um Malcolm says please explain the Bruno Gimaraes hype another midfielder who plays behind the ball who doesn't contribute to goals or assists I mean Malcolm I've just explained to you that he's got five assists already this season he's a deep line midfielder who don't tend to add too many goals and assists to their game anyway so the fact that he's already got five assists this season, I think probably proves that side of your point wrong. I would recommend going and watching him play because um, I think he is a, I think he's a very, very solid midfielder that you should certainly go and watch before completely disregarding as an option. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought, Daddy Boy. <laughs> Vishal says, should we have, uh, should we move past Basuma? Look, the, the problem with Basuma, and obviously all of the information that we have is all alleged, and it's it's very, very much in the shadows we don't really know what's going on uh and i think that whatever is going on and with the police situation we just don't know and we can't speculate about what's going on and i think that's probably why you've seen the links to basuma just completely die away he's a good player absolutely um but there are certain problems with this deal now because of the alleged issues off field which you know makes sense uh Viraj says Svanberg Fafana or Bruno Gimaraes Bruno Gimaraes for me is the best of all three I know Fafana's having a brilliant season I know that Svanberg I like him a lot I think he's a very good player all of those things combined um I think leaves you in a situation where you've got three options that are very good and to sign any of them would be a really big plus for the club. Uh, Alpha says, Tom, how good is Bruno Gimaraes' defensive side of his game? Look, you know what? It's probably the right time to do a tactical breakdown update on Bruno Gimaraes. So I will work to get that to you. So for anyone that's got any questions about Bruno Gimaraes, we'll do a dedicated show on the Brazilian and get you up to date with how he is and who he is as a player. Um, Odurile uh, says, uh, how well is Reese Nelson doing on loan? He's actually starting to do a lot better. Uh, he scored his first goal in the last Europa Conference League game against Maccabi Haifa. He got his first start in the Eredivisie in their last game in a 3-0 win over Heerenveen. He's actually playing more on the left-hand side, but has played on the right-hand side. He's improving game on game. He's in Arna Slot's team now. He's in his plans. He's going to be more in his plans moving forwards. I look forward to seeing what he can do in that fire Nord side. 
Dan says, if we win today, should we get carried away? And when is the open top bus champions parade? Um, look, I don't think we should get carried away. I think we should absolutely enjoy it and celebrate it. But I'm not expecting us to win. I'm not expecting much from today's game against Manchester City. They're the best team in the world. I think it's going to be a game where we've got an opportunity to certainly get something from it. But I... Mm, I look. Go watch our preview show. I say all of my thoughts on there. I think it's going to be a very, very difficult one for Arsenal to get a result from, especially without Arteta there. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Gonzo says, should we be looking to get another young centre-back to grow with Saliba as we start to phase out Marie and Holding, like what White is to Gabriel right now, except coming in for European games and injuries? Well, yes, arguably we could. But what I would say is that we've got a couple of good youth centre-backs that are coming. In fact, we've got three that I can think of, arguably more. You've got Omar Rekic that's going to be hopefully sent on loan for the second half of the season. He's going to be playing at the African Cup of Nations for Tunisia, which is a really good bit of news. You've got Harry Clark, who's currently at Ross County, doing some really good things, being a bit more expressive as a centre-back, especially with his celebrations, if you've not seen them already. Uh, and then you've got Daniel Ballard, who's doing really, really well at Mill. In fact, in the first part of the season, he was arguably one of their, if not their best player. So, You've got some options within that I think we can look to maybe bring through. They're all very young. They would certainly add to Saliba and compete with Saliba, but maybe signing a centre-back like a Matthias Ginter. He's free, 27-year-old, quality, good experience, certainly add to what's available to the team. Um, Teng Wang says, thanks for a year of hard work, Tom. All the best for the year ahead to everyone. Paul James says, should we be worried that no right back is being mentioned? Tommy Asu's COVID shows how we're short in that position. Um, sh- well, I mean, we've been linked with Tarek Lamptey, who is a right back. He would be expensive. He's very different to Tommy Asu. I think that the issue is, is that we've got a lot of right backs. We've got Tommy Asu, we've got Cedric, we've got uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles who can play there. We've got Ben White that can play there. We've got Callum Chambers who can play there. The problem is, is that we need to move one of those or two of those at least on before we can really bring one in because we are very, very stacked in that position, which is a lot down to, unfortunately, some mistakes of the past windows. And, you know, we, I mean, we have Hector Bellerin as well that's still going to be coming back from loan. There is a lot that needs to change, a lot that needs to happen before we can get any kind of signing in that position. So I think that's probably, Paul, why you're not seeing anyone linked really strongly in the right-back role. But as I said, Tarek Lamptey is someone that the club are supposedly looking at. Uh, Matt says, uh, would you go for Ricardo Pereira in the summer as competition for Tommy? He'll have a year left on his deal. Um I would have done last summer. I don't know about this summer now we've got Tommy. I would have taken him as a starting option for us. Injuries have been a bit of a problem. He's not had the best of seasons. I feel like there's better options out there of a younger age profile. But if you said to me that we're going to sell all of our right backs and Ricardo Pereira is coming in to be the backup, I probably would be okay with that, to be fair, because he is very good. But I think there are probably smarter, shrewder, savvier moves to go for in January. Uh, Orlu says, why do I get the feeling Arsenal will only go for tall players? The last six signings were with the Heights part of the change. Um, That's a really interesting point, Orlu. I think that there is an added physicality that Arsenal have wanted to add to their team. And I think Edu actually spoke about that in 2020 after we signed Gabriel and Partey. He talked about the physicality 
that he wanted to add to the Arsenal team. So, yeah, I think there is an argument that the players we're going to look to sign are probably going to be more physical, more combative, more industrial. And we're going to see that kind of our team be a bit more imposing physically in the dressing room and in the tunnel, even though you don't really have the tunnel face-offs anymore because of the situation. But I think, yeah, if we can add more physicality to the team, but at the same time still maintaining quality, we should absolutely do it. Um, and I think we are probably going to wrap things up there because we've got I've got a lot to do today. So apologies, I couldn't go for all your questions, guys, this morning. Do keep throwing them in when you get a chance in our next morning shows. As I say, we're doing this every single day, 8 a.m., as we have done for the last, what is this, episode 141. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, please do drop a like on the video. Please do subscribe if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I will be live at 6 o'clock UK time to talk about the Manchester City game. I'll also be doing a reaction show over on the Arsenal way with uh, with Chris Davison. Join us after the game for that. So you've got two reaction shows to look forward to. And uh, then join me tomorrow morning again at 8am for the next one. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys, to speak to you as it always is. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.